Thank you, Olu. Um, um, and um, good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for um, that, um, Olu. And just want to just say that we're having an internet problem. We've just recently moved, so I won't be um, seen um, direct and, and live. Um, so John Mark will just have a still of me up on the screen and um, I'll just have my voice um, being heard. But before I actually um, share the words, I wanted to say um, happy Mother's Day to every mother out there. Thank you for all you've done for us. And um, one of this, um, really want you all to just enjoy the, the time um, of the, the word today. And um, before we get into the word, um, I just want um, Mel to um, sing a song for us. And I want us to really engage in worship to just really um, spend this time just engaging and um, worshipping the Lord as she sings this song.
thank you so much we just want to lift our voices and our gratitude to you for all you have done father you have done great and mighty things for us and father we just want to really thank you for protecting us for loving us for caring for us father for providing for us for touching us lord Father, there is truly no one like you. And you are the great I am, the El Shaddai. And Father, we want to just commit this time of the word into your hands. We just want to invite you to flow and to speak and to minister to each of us, Father, so that we can be more like you. We thank you and we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, I also want to just um, thank um, Peter for leading the time of prayer and um, Julianne and Joseph for the time of worship that we've had today. It was really great. And today we're gonna, um, I'm gonna aim to finish off my word that I've been speaking about um, and encounter with him. Um, so I'm going to just really try to seek to hit the high spots so that I can get to complete today. And so I just wanna just read one or two scriptures and then move on to the high spots of the message so that we can have it completed. Father, we thank you once again. And so Philippians chapter three and verse 10, so it reads this, it says, but I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That's Philippians chapter three, verse 10. And first Corinthians chapter two, verse one to four reads, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who cru was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever, persuasive speeches, I relied on the Holy Spirit. And... 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 reads for when we brought you the good news it was not with only with words <clears throat> but also with power for the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that we said was true 
and you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we when we were with you, when we was with you. <clears throat> so we were speaking about having an encounter and in these verses of scripture, um, we, we know that Paul the Apostle, um, yeah, so Paul the Apostle had a, a tremendous encounter as we know on the road of Damascus. He was actually, his name was actually Saul at the time when he was persecuting Christians. But whilst he was on the road of Damascus, he had a life-changing experience that he actually just turned, that turned his life around. And he became, as opposed to being radical in killing Christians and attacking Christians, he was actually pushing the gospel with great force and might. And he was making great, he made great impacts in the kingdom of God. And this is what we're talking about, making great impact in the kingdom of God. And we were saying that a kingdom is, is a country or state or territory ruled by a king. And we were talking about if we need to be able to make great impact, we need to have an encounter because you can't come empty. You've got to come full. You've got to come with something to offer to the people so that they can see the power of God, so that they can see the change in their lives. And it's only by the spirit of God that this happens. And we also said that Jesus, how when Jesus was on, the, on this earth, he made impact, a tremendous impact, such that the, the whole of the 12 disciples that he actually mentored and nurtured and inputted into, they caused the whole world to have the gospel reached to every single nation because of what Jesus had done, which was a tremendous impact. And also, of course, bringing us the person of the Holy Spirit upon the earth and in our lives, then we mentioned about how David had an imp, um, made an impact upon this earth and his life was changed. And he himself was um, touched by God. And so he said in the book of Psalm 63, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I search for you. My soul searches for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. So with David, he recognized if we want to really, truly, earnestly see an encounter, we need to earnestly seek and search for the Lord. It can't be half-hearted. It can't be quarter. It has to be everything. He Notice he says in Psalm 63, my soul, my, my whole body, everything is longing for you in this dry and thirsty land. And he recognizes that when he has this kind of attitude and, and approach, he will see God because we see that in verse two, that he 
saw and met God in the sanctuary and he gazed upon his power and his glory. He experienced God. He had an encounter because there was everything given over to the Lord, his soul, his body, his mind, everything that he had. And so if we want to experience a true encounter, an encounter that will cause not only communities, but nations of the world to be impacted and touched, people that we come into contact with, there needs to be an encounter. And, it's, and we also went on to say that it's not something um, that it's a one hit wonder. So for example, when you give your heart to Christ, it stops there, but it's something that is progressive. It's something that keeps on moving on from glory to glory. It moves from one phase to another. It moves to, from one level to another because we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. And so because we are such and we are the body of Christ, we have to be positioned in such a way so that we can be able to minister, so that we can be able to impact, so that we can be able to bring change to the people that we come into contact with on a daily basis. We also said in the book of Daniel chapter 32 and part B it says that the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. We want to do exploits. We don't want to be people that just exist or people that just go to church or people that just says, I've got a, a badge that says I'm a Christian. We want to be more than that. We want to be all that God has called us to be because of the mandate upon every single one of our lives. And let me just add this, this man, every single one of us has a mandate. Every single one of us has a calling upon our lives. Every single one of us has an assignment that we need to attend to. And it's not just for the pastors, it's for every single one of us. Because remember, we are a body and the body needs every single part because the hand can say, cannot say to the foot, I don't need, have no need of you. Every single part of the body has a function, has a role, is needed to be able to make the impact that we need. And we said this, we said that if we, there's a danger, if we don't hunger for the Lord, if we don't hunger for the Lord, we become religious. Because it is written in the book of Matthew chapter 23 verse 25 that what so it says this, what sorrow awaits you teachers of the religious law and Pharisees and hypocrites, you who are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. And this is the thing, because you have to remember that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were religious people. They done everything by the book in their eyes. And in their eyes, they did things before men. And the, the other thing is, is that religion is man's, we said this, religion is man's attempt to make our lives right with God through our good works and sacrifices and rituals and money. 
but Christianity is not a religion. It is encountering a relationship with the, the, with the Christ. We need to have a close encounter every single time. And we, and let me just add this, even after we've given our hearts to Christ and we've seen various different um, supernatural signs, supernatural moves, or God has used us in a, in a good, great way. Let me just say, we need to move even on from that because there are realms, there are depths, there are heights that God wants us to reach. We said that, so that, that first thing is that the danger of becoming, um, not hungering for the Lord is being religious. We need to be careful of that. We said that. We said the second thing is becoming prideful becoming prideful it's easy for any one of us to become prideful and we have to guard against it it's it's something that is 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 all over the place and it's it's something that is really dangerous and this is why it's i i really encourage as many of us possible to have accountable relationships where you can openly you know lay your life out bare and so you can have someone speak into your life some of us don't like people speaking into our lives. And to be honest, that's, that's a dangerous thing because the Bible says pride comes before a fall. And the Bible also says that two is better than one because if one falls into the dish, the other one can lift him up. It's always good to have somebody to speak into your life. And I want to really strongly encourage that. The third thing that we mentioned was this is idolatry. It's, it's important. Idolatry is one of the things that can cause there to be um, serious danger in our lives when it comes to not progressing in the Lord. We mentioned the story of the rich young ruler and how he had done everything according to the book of the law. But then Jesus asked him that one thing. Sell everything, sell everything. And the Bible says that he went away sorrowfully. Interestingly enough, all of the questions that Jesus asked this rich young ruler, five of them was to do with relationship with men, how you're loving men, etc., etc. But then when it got to the nitty gritty about that part in his heart that really was precious in his eyes then he the young rich ruler went away sorrowfully because that part was more precious to him than his relationship with the lord this is why it says in the scriptures in the book of deuteronomy that we should love the lord our god with all our hearts with all our soul with all our mind with all our strength loving him with everything we have We also went on to talk about how it's really crucial that we continuously thirst for him and that we and that we pray this prayer of Lord, help me to hunger for you more. Help me to be more hungry for you. It's really important because 
we can become satisfied. We can become complacent. If we don't pray these prayers, if there is not a hunger and a cry calling out to him, just as David did, calling out with all your soul, with all your body, with all your strength, everything you have. We also mentioned about how different ones had encounters, Nicodemus. And we said that even though he was, a, he was like um, a, a Pharisee and he um, was a religious leader. And he, the Bible says how he came to Jesus by night, etc. He spent nearly like approximately 100,000 pounds on the burial of Jesus because he had an encounter with the Christ. He had an encounter that changed his life. Then we spoke about Jacob and Esau. And then we said that how Jacob had an encounter. And just to give you a little snippet of that story, if, if for those of you who may not know it, Jacob and Esau basically were loggerheads in the mother's womb. The Bible says that the two of the children struggled with, within the womb and there was a battle going on. And the Bible says how there was, that the Lord spoke to Rebekah and said that there are two nations, two rivals in your womb. And the scripture says how Esau was hairy and Jacob was smooth-skinned. Then the Bible says how Esau was a cunning hunter and then how Jacob was a plain man who dwelt in tents. The scripture says, moving on, how his father said, listen, Esau, I want to bless you. But before I bless you, I need you to go out and, and, and get me some venison, get me some deer. I need you to go and, and, and hunt and locate that deer, cook it and bring it to me so I can be blessed. The scripture says how um, Esau went, went ahead and done that. And then the Bible says like how Jacob, Jacob's mother, or their mother rather, then said to Jacob, listen, your brother's gonna be blessed. And so let, let me just get you his clothes and put the clothes on. I'll get some sheepskin and maybe put it on your arm so that when your father touches your arm, he'll think it's your brother. And cutting that long story short, the father blessed Jacob. Jacob came back with the venison. Um, but let me just go back a bit on that. Jacob brought the venison all cooked. He didn't do no hunting. His mother cooked it for him. And he presented it to Jacob, to, to, to um, his father, Isaac. And then his father blessed him. His father was a bit dubious. He said, like, are you sure? Are you sure this is you? But he, when he touched his arms, he realized that this must be my son Esau. Then the Bible says like how Jacob was blessed. When Esau came back, um, his father was greatly disturbed because he just uh, had already given the blessing. And there was, there was something left, but he didn't get the first blessing. But there is an, another part to this story to say that Esau despised the birthright. There was another part 
um, in, in their lives where um, Esau was really hungry, came back from hunting. And then Jacob had some food. And because Esau was so hungry, he just said, listen, just give me the food. And then Jacob says, I'll give you this food unless you give me the birthright. And then Jake, um, Esau says, oh, what's this birthright anyway? So that, that's, this, this scenario that I'm giving, giving you now happened before the part where he, um, Jacob was blessed. And I'm saying that to say that with, with Jacob, it got to the point that Jacob was going to be killed by his brother. Um, he was going to be killed. And then Jacob was in a really desperate situation because at this time, Jacob had had his family, he had two wives, he had children, he had flocks, he had servants, and his brother was coming to kill him. But the Bible says how Jacob wrestled with an angel until the break of dawn. The Bible also says how his hip came out of place. It, got, it became a desperate situation for Jacob because his brother was going to kill him. And not only that, God told him to go back to the land where he came from and his brother, that's where his brother was. So you can understand it was a really challenging situation for Jacob but nonetheless because Jacob wanted the blessing because Jacob wanted a breakthrough he wanted to have that encounter with the Lord he wrestled the Bible says until the break of dawn and his hip was out of place but nonetheless he pressed through and then um, eventually he had the breakthrough because when he met his brother, his brother, they embraced, um, they, 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 they had a conversation, they had um, food together, etc. But it worked out well because he got the, the blessing, he, got, he had a breakthrough and he had, had an encounter with the Lord. So I'm saying all of this to say, look, we all need to have an encounter with him. It's essential. So I'm going to just, just touch on a few other things that I believe that would really help us as well. Moses also had an encounter. Remember, Moses was schooled and educated by the Egyptians. And he was um, well, well informed when it came to the different um, things and he was very extremely well educated and but nonetheless he was an Israelite because although he was educated in the Egyptian ways his heart and his he actually came from Israel the Bible says like how he saw um, two men fighting and he intervened and then he tried to uh, basically he he, he intervened and the, one of the guys said, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill the guy who you, like you done with the other, the, other, the other day? Which basically drove Moses into the wilderness. Um, because with that particular story, it was a, um, a slave master actually trying to hurt 
one of the Israelites. And so Moses intervened. And so Moses killed that person who was actually hurting the um, Israelites. But cutting that story short, because of what happened with the, um, when the person says, well, are you going to kill us like you killed the other person? It drove Moses into the wilderness. When it drove Moses into the wilderness, the Bible says like how he was there for uh, a good while tending to sheep. And then the Bible says like how he actually had an encounter where there was a bush with fire burning. And then with that fire burning, he then said, What's, he heard a voice from the fire. And it's, it's from that point, he had an encounter and an experience with the Lord. Um, I really need to, I just realized the time. So I really need to press on with this. But my point is, Moses had an encounter. And I want to just give a few points as to how we can create a hunger for the Lord. So let's focus on this, how to create a hunger for the Lord. The first thing that I have here is that there needs to be a repentant attitude, um, an attitude of repentance before the Lord, the attitude of repentance before the Lord. And repentance, I mean, where you was going north, but now you're going south. There's, there's a change of attitude, there's a change of mind, a change of direction. There's, there's a change of heart. The things that you wouldn't be, wasn't gonna be doing, you're not doing it anymore. And you, there's also an acknowledgement of a displaying of need for your need for the Lord, because where there was this thing of, I, I can do it myself, where you are repentant, there's an attitude of, Lord, you know what? I cannot do this without you. I am absolutely, completely useless without you if I don't have you in my life, in my situation. So the scripture says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, that all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our, our own way. And at times, there are, there are times in our lives where we just decide to do our own thing, go our own way. But this first part, this number one, is so crucial because this mindset of having a, a repentant attitude and the attitude of, reliance upon the Lord is really crucial because Jesus walked with this attitude of complete reliance upon God the Father. He said that, he said that with, without, without him, he, we cannot do anything. Without him knowing the mind of the Father, he won't be able to accomplish anything. And it's the same with us. If we don't know the mind of the Father, if we don't know the mind of the Spirit regarding our lives, we will miss it. And so there needs to be the attitude of repentance, brokenness. Also in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Our hearts need to be completely broken before the Lord, acknowledging that we need him. So number two is very similar, but I've got here, there needs to be an acknowledgement that we are hungering, hungering for the Lord. There needs to be a hunger. There has to be a hunger. As we read earlier with David um, about him being hungering and thirsting in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water, his body, his soul, everything came together in hungering, in pursuing the Lord. And also it's written in Matthew chapter 5 that blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Also the number three I have here is that we need to respond. We need to respond in acts of obedience as to what the Lord may ask us to do. Now, this may be different for any one of us. Every one of us are at different stages and developments and levels. But whatever the Lord may want you to do, whether it's to, um, whether it's to um, just, just, just stop Go into that, that go, stop going down the road and, and go in this particular way. Because you know when you go that way, you're going to sin. That's just an example. For someone else, it might be just stop lying. Just, just, just stop lying. For someone else, it may be just forgive. And these are all different things that the Lord may be speaking to you about. But whatever it is, it's important that you respond to what he is saying because the bible says that if you're willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land number four very quickly that we need to be deliberate in obtaining materials such as books and study um study um, messages uh, when it comes to our pursuit for in that encounter with him we should also find material and, and people who have actually encountered Christ on different levels. I mean, there's, there's one example I can give you um, who I've been looking into more and more is Catherine Kuhlman. She had a serious encounter. I won't go into her story, but she had a serious encounter with the Lord. She was completely, completely broken to, um, before the Lord. Uh, number five, die to self and crucify the flesh with fasting. Die to self and crucify the flesh with fasting. One of the things that I've noticed as you look at different people who have made significant impact um, in, in, our, in our generations past is that one of the things that the, the common theme that they always say is that they're always dead. He said, not, not physically dead, but their, their, their old man, their ways, their habits, the things that they don't want to live the life that they want to live anymore. They don't, don't want to do it their way. They want to do it God's way. They're totally dead to wanting to um, live in the way that they want to. But they're all about 
living the way that God wants them to live, totally given over. So whenever you, so if you did try to hurt them emotionally, they won't be hurt because it's like they're, they're so dead to self, dead to reacting out of a, a, that fleshy and carnal manner. But they always speak about that. So that's something that with prayer and fasting, crucifying the flesh daily and bringing ourselves before the Lord, this will definitely, definitely help us. And then the, the final thing that I have here is to, to, to join prayer meetings to catch the fire. Join prayer meetings to catch the fire. Because remember, the Bible speaks about when the, the, the people in the book of Acts were wanting to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were to tarry in the upper room. They were to spend time calling out to the Lord. Spend, and it's in that, that atmosphere where the Lord broke out and brought change. And they each had an encounter with the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want us to, I recognize the time's coming up, so I want to stick to time. I want to pray for, for us regarding a fresh encounter, a fresh new encounter with the Lord. I want us to, to, I want to pray for that the Lord will help us to create a new hunger in us for him and that we will, he will cause us to run into his presence and remain there. But before I do this, I want to give opportunity to those who would need to take the first step of that encounter, the first step of giving their hearts to Christ and living for him and surrendering their hearts to him. So if that is you, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. Thank you, Lord, that you will help me in living and serving you forever. Amen. Amen. If you, if that was you, and I'd just like to say welcome to the family. Um, if you could kindly reach out to the person who brought you, who or invited you, whoever um, you would feel comfortable with, just reach out to them. Um, we do have prayer rooms that we'll be praying for people after. So there's, there is that as well. But welcome to the family if you did give your heart to Christ. So let me just pray for us who need to have the Lord just to touch, um, touch us. Father, we just come before you this, this 
morning. And we pray for there to be a great, greater hunger for you, a stronger hunger for you, that we'll long for you more than anything or anyone else, that we'll crave for you, that we'll run into your presence and remain there, that we will acknowledge you in everything and that you will help us, Father, to have a, a change, a breakthrough of moving to the next level in our walk, in our devotion, in our commitment towards you. I pray that you will strengthen every person under the sound of my voice. And I pray for your help and your hand. You see each situation. I commit each person to your hands. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.